Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt. And we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome to the podcast, episode 24 Knocking on 25's door, super excited. Uh, massive shout out to episode 23 star Steve Sparks. If you haven't listened to the podcast interview with legendary knuckleball pitcher Steve Sparks, give it a go. It's a great episode and a lot to unpack there. Loved every minute of it. And we're rolling on to episode 24. Here we have Cooperstown. Anything and everything Cooperstown. And Rick, I'm going to turn it over to you just to let you give a description of what this episode is going to entail. All right. Well, also, similarly, shout out to Steve Sparks, Astros radio broadcaster. Also, really appreciate you being on. So, this episode is all about Cooperstown, New York. Cooperstown, New York is located about four hours north of Manhattan, New York City. And it's pretty well known for being the home of the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. Now, Rob, you and I have been to Cooperstown, New York many times. I myself have been a regular there over the last decade. And people who are listening to this podcast are familiar with Cooperstown, most likely because of what I just mentioned, baseball. But there's a lot more than just the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. So this podcast, Rob, is going to be for those listeners out there that have been to Cooperstown, that maybe get a chance to flash back and remember some of those great memories they had in that town. And this podcast is also going to be for those folks that haven't yet been to Cooperstown, that maybe have it on their bucket list or just yet haven't even considered visiting it. By the end of this podcast, you're going to want to go to Cooperstown, New York, Rob. Thousand percent. I mean, 
it's funny thinking about it and we're going to get into dreams park in a little bit but i didn't really have any idea what cooperstown was i was like oh, okay hall of fame whatever didn't really know what to expect but when we went up there as kids as 12 years old oh my gosh like what an eye-opening experience and something that i want to do for the rest of my life i just want to go up to cooperstown because it's such an amazing amazing place so Rick, so let me why don't let me, you yeah, let me things off picture I'm going to paint the picture here. So, so Cooperstown, it is a small village. This village is so small. It's less than 2,000 people live in Cooperstown, New York. Yet what is so amazing about Cooperstown is it draws at times and many years over 500,000 visitors each year. So you go from this small little town throughout most of the year, but yet almost a half a million people, Rob, each year come to Cooperstown. And it's for a variety of reasons. Don't get me wrong. The Hall of Fame is definitely the big draw. And in the summer, the month of July, they do an induction Hall of Fame ceremony, which brings in about 100,000 baseball fanatics just for that one week alone. And... That is really cool. But there's so many other great things that go on during the year. And that's what I kind of want to kick off and talk a little bit about. So in Cooperstown, there back in the 90s was a entrepreneur who saw a vision, a idea, concept of creating a youth baseball tournament in the same city where the Baseball Hall of Fame is located. And it was so brilliant. It was so well done. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people flock to this small town just because of this youth baseball tournament, which you and I have had the privilege of playing in. And there's so many people that have played in it. It's funny, Rob. I looked up online. They have a thing on their website now, this Cooperstown Dreams Park, which I'll get to the description of it in just a minute, but famous baseball players like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper have played in it. Odell Beckham Jr. when he was 12 years old played in it. So it really is a thing for youth athletes, youth baseball players. Like these are for all the parents, the listeners out there. If you've got a young son or even daughter who likes baseball, get them on a team and Start thinking about a 12-year-old trip, you know, when your kid's 12 years old, taking that journey to playing there because it's really cool. Rob, it's got, as you know, 24 immaculate baseball fields. These are some of the nicest baseball fields you'll ever play on, you'll ever see. They've got scoreboards, home run fences, grass infields, um, the works. And it's really pretty impressive what they've done up there. It's also neat. Now, looking back on it, you and I went up there when we were 12 years old as a kid playing in the tournament. I myself now for the last 10 years have gone each summer as an umpire. And the thing just keeps growing and growing. And you've got teams from Texas and California, Hawaii and Florida. They're from all over, Rob. Yeah. So, and they, what, and, oh, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's so cool because you get to meet kids from all over. You meet umpires from all over, coaches from all over. It really is a destination. And 
there's so much to do there outside of playing the baseball. There's, it's beautiful, Rob. There's lakes everywhere. There's fishing. There's hiking. There's outdoor golf. There's tennis. There's a slew of breweries that are up in Cooperstown. There's so much family activities. It's definitely a bucket list destination for anyone's next vacation. Yeah, agreed. And and jumping into the baseball in the Cooperstown Dreams Park, what was so cool about it was you were right. There were teams all around the country that flew in. And I remember, uh, I want to get into us sharing like a couple experiences of Dreams Park when we played there with 12 years old that are just sticking with us like almost two decades later and why it's so cool for kids to go there. I wasn't the best baseball player. I was a great soccer player and other sports, but baseball, um, I kind of stopped playing after, after I was 12, 13 years old. And Cooperstown has always been my favorite spot, the Dreams Park. We went up there and we were a tiny team from a small town of about 5,000 people. And we're playing in this tournament where we have four games, I think three or four games a day. And during this tournament, uh, we're playing teams that are from Arizona. We played a team from Arizona when we were 12 years old. We had teams from Hawaii flying in for this. And I, I remember playing a team and we thought we were good. We thought our team was like, you know, a good team from the Jersey Shore. And we roll up to our first game and we're playing uh, Pennsylvania Valley Beavers team one. And they had three teams in the tournament that week. <laughs> and we're playing team one. And in the first inning, they go back to back to back home runs to start off the game. <laughs> and these fields were incredible. They were, uh, you know, perfectly groomed and just the premier fields that you want to be on. Yeah, so two decades later, and you're just like still remembering vivid memories of that trip. And that's exactly what they've done there. They've created a memorable experience. I recommend it to all the listeners out there. Anytime I see parents or kids, I tell them about how great Cooperstown is. And Rob, you're right. You're right. It's just a fantastic place. It's so great that another entrepreneur about 15 years ago saw what a great experience this was and they bought land down the road and they basically created a very similar concept so now you've got two of these you know baseball parks if you will right there in the cooperstown vicinity and it's just even more and more families every year that come which is so cool so so cooperstown's a great spot uh, the tournament itself, the, there's a big thing they do. They, they pin trade. So you've got the kids. Each team brings up a pin from their own team. It's their own logo, their own design. And when the boys and girls aren't playing baseball, they're exchanging pins with other teams. I remember that being a really awesome memory. There's so much that goes into it. I think one of the things that makes Cooperstown so charming is that it's like this historic village. It's almost like if you're back in the 1800s. So picture this, you've got a small town, just a tiny little town with some small grocery store, five and dime, 
one bank, a little post office, some sandwich shops. There's a little stage theater that was converted into a movie theater. It only has one single screen going across it. There's a little tiny library. I mean, it just like this village square screams 1800s and it makes you feel like the only thing going on is baseball. And it's so perfect, Rob. So true, so true. Well, let's transition to uh, the uh, National Baseball Hall of Fame Museum and talk a little bit about the museum because as kids growing up, uh, you know, our dad did take us to a bunch of different Hall of Fames. He took us to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He took us to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I went to the soccer, football. So we, we did a bunch. And I would argue that the National Baseball Hall of Fame is the most interesting and um, one of the most fun to go to. Right, Rick? Yeah, you know, the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum was founded in 1939, and it's a fantastic place to bring people. I think as a child, there's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. One of the things they've done a great job of, I've noticed this progression, is they've created more interactive games, activities, ways kids can learn rather than just staring at a wall. So I like that about Cooperstown Hall of Fame, uh, the, the actual building itself. They have the, uh, of course, famous room you walk into, and it's got all of the plaques. That, I think, is something that's really neat about the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's two things that I enjoy. One, they have a great movie at the beginning of the Hall of Fame. You walk in, it's like the first thing you do. You watch this movie. It's about, I don't know, five, ten minutes long, but it really sets the atmosphere for what you're about to be walking into, the history of the game. And then I always enjoy the Abbott and Costello. They have the who's on first comedy skit just looping on a television, and it's got its own room, and people walk in, and they sit there, and they watch it, and I always get a kick out of that one. <laughs> yeah, the Abbott and Costello is uh it used to be a trivia fact it was like who's, who's the uh two people that are not never played baseball but are in the baseball hall of fame and it would be abbott and costello the who's on first and uh, i couldn't even uh you know imitate that and i don't think rick can either so for our listeners out there just youtube who's on first and get a good kick out of that one uh, one of my favorite things was you know funny sparks was talking in the last episode about checking out all these baseball cards and reading history about the players. And one of my favorite things was looking at the scorecard for the longest game in baseball history, which was like a 24 hour game. And it was just ridiculous. The scorecard. It's something that sticks with me to this day. And even seeing the, the gloves that they used to play with, like just baffles my mind, the equipment that, everybody had for baseball and even the football hall of fame switching gears when we went there and seeing like leather helmets that these guys played with. I mean, I mean, parents nowadays would be up in arms if they saw what their kids had to wear, you know, back in the day for like leather gloves. <laughs> what up everybody. 
Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. Rob, Rob, that's such a good point. Let's stay on that for a minute. The evolution of baseball is so perfectly captivated and narrated throughout the hall of fame you see like you said the equipment the cleats the gloves i found it to be interesting the uh championship rings that the teams first were given back in like the early 1900s and what it evolved to now where if the team wins the world series they've got a multi-million dollar diamond studded ring that weighs like 15 pounds on their hands yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. And then I loved the, um, you know, when you leave the, the um, uh, Cooperstown uh, Hall of Fame and you go outside, I remember when we were like 12 or 13 years old, we went to a bat making company like across the street. Like, do you remember that? They still have them there. Yeah. In fact, there's probably two or three of them. And that's that's what I was describing just a minute ago is how quaint this little village is so it's one main street it's not a long street but you walk outside and right there there's all these different bat shops where they can engrave your name they can put a personal message on it there's some stores that sell throwback baseball hats of all the different teams from all the different eras it's really pretty sweet rob yeah it's so cool uh and then and then why don't you why don't you tell the listeners about like the hall and fame induction ceremony sure sure so that is a really cool week it is where the greatest players in the history of the game get immortalized forever so there's a process that takes place so athletes baseball players in this example play their careers they certain milestones they get known as being some of the best players and then five years after they are done playing once they're retired there's a selection process it's a voting process that's done by all of the writers so a lot of times you'll read an article about major league baseball or your favorite team well that writer is given the opportunity, they are considered to be very knowledgeable of the sport. So each year they're giving, they're given one vote by the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum Committee to vote on who they think are, should be in the Hall of Fame. And also the previous inductees are given a vote and they can vote on who they think should join their fraternity. So this happens for people that, again, five years after they're done playing, they're eligible to be voted on. 
and they can be on a ballot for about 10 years or so. And then if they're not voted on, they kind of fall off the ballot. They're no longer eligible. So there's this window and it's really cool because some years you have two, three, maybe four superstars that get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then in other years, you may only have one person that gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. I remember Barry Larkin, Cincinnati Red. He uh, was inducted several years ago. I happened to be up in Cooperstown the week before the induction ceremony. And he had gotten into town. He was playing some golf. He was doing a bunch of media commitments and sponsorship and all that good stuff. But he was there embracing it for the first time ever and knowing the following week he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and forever be able to go and take his kids to Cooperstown and they'd be able to read about his career and his grandkids and so on and so forth. But it's a really special week, Rob, because not only are these greats, these legends coming into Cooperstown and spending a week or two there. But so are all their diehard, passionate fans. So last year, Mariano Rivera, New York Yankee legend, greatest closer of all time, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And you have these fanatical Yankees, these fans that just flocked to upstate New York to spend the week up there watching one of their heroes get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that's what creates this buzz that week, is it's not just a ceremony on television or for the families that are getting inducted. It's for all the fans that spent decades watching these players. It's really special. And I know next year, they've postponed this year's Derek Jeter, Larry Walker induction to next year. That's going to be a doozy. That one is going to be ridiculous with how many people show up to that. And did, did you mention, Rick, to the listeners, why Cooperstown is the home to the Hall of Fame? Well, a lot of people think that, um, or at least it started out years ago. This, again, 1939 was when the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum was founded and established in Cooperstown, it was thought to believe that Cooperstown had originated, excuse me, baseball had originated in Cooperstown, which I think they were able to find out that that may have not exactly been 100% accurate, but it certainly had roots in upstate New York, in Cooperstown, and specifically on a field called Doubleday Field. Doubleday Field, if you get to Cooperstown, is a must-see. It is a ball field that is right around the corner from the Hall of Fame. If you're there, you're definitely got to check it out. But it's home to a lot of amateur baseball games where almost 100 years ago, just guys would casually come play, leagues would play. Nowadays, some colleges play there, high schools play there. If you're in Cooperstown, New York, there's a good chance if you stroll by Doubleday Field, you're going to see some sort of ball game being played, Rob. Mm, love it. Love it. I just got chills thinking about that. 
you know. You know, I, I, I once, uh, I was up there with a couple friends. I was umpiring. And believe it or not, Rob, there was a Grateful Dead concert going on there. They use that venue for everything up there. They use it for graduation ceremonies. It's, uh, it's really a part of the community up there. So Double Day Field, add it to the list. Yeah. It may not be your Super Bowl. It may not be your World Series. But, you know, paying tribute to these places make going to uh, regular baseball games uh, even, even better. And there's a special place up in Cooperstown, Rick, because for our listeners up that, that, you know, plug into the podcast, um, I think they've heard about your umpiring experience and how you actually go up to the Dreams Park and you go up to another park up there and you umpire all the time. But there's a special place called the Otisaga Resort Hotel and Leather Stocking Golf Course up there, which, uh, you know, why don't you just do a little advertisement for them right now? I'd be happy to. I'm not on their payroll. I'm not getting any sort of commission here, but I have got to talk in depth about the Otisaga Resort and Hotel. So, again, Cooperstown, small village, right? It's a tiny village. It is just filled with bed and breakfast type places, um, just really old fashioned, small, nothing extravagant. But then there's the Otisaga Resort. This resort, it is a mammoth of a brick building that probably has 500 rooms in it. It is maybe five, six stories tall. The pillars out front are just so thick and so white and so huge. It's like you're walking up to this mansion. It's, it's unbelievable. It's actually where all of the players and their families who get inducted in the Hall of Fame almost always stay at this hotel. And for obvious reasons, it's the nicest place in the area. It's got to be five stars. Everything about the place is top notch. It's it, it feels historic yet has so much modern, new age um, amenities. To me, it is just the dream place to spend your vacation in Cooperstown, New York. It's based at the southern end of the Otisago Lake. Now, the Otisago Lake is a huge lake in upstate New York. It runs miles, miles and miles long. And at the base of it is this resort where kids can go fishing, you can take out kayaks, you can do boating. I personally enjoy the golf course there. And I'll talk about Leather Stocking Golf Course in just a minute. But there's a pool that's right along the lake there. The food is fantastic. The rooms are just so charming. It's a little pricey. I'm not going to shy away from that. But it is definitely, if you can afford it and you want to spend a really phenomenal week or weekend or even one night in Cooperstown, this is the place to do it. They've got huge fire pit grill bar areas out back where people are hanging out, having a cocktail, having a good time. Rob, I go there every time I'm in Cooperstown. And you and you love it. And you absolutely love it. And um, you know, I did a little digging online. Uh it's got one thousand 
33 reviews and it's a 4.6 star ratings. So I think All that's right. good enough for a lot of people. That um, sums it up right there. Now that sums it up right there. And then didn't you meet a very special pardon the interruption member there one time? <laughs> I was sitting poolside and, uh, all of a sudden, I look over and I see Michael Wilbon from Pardon the Interruption on ESPN. He was uh, just walking by the pool as well. And uh, so we went over, we chatted for just a brief moment, got a nice picture together. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what's so great about Cooperstown, Dreams Park, where the baseball youth tournaments take place, the Hall of Fame, and this Otisaga Resort and Hotel. It just brings in people from all over. I mentioned those names earlier, uh, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. Those guys were 12 years old playing in the youth tournament. And they weren't celebrities or superstars then. They are now. But nowadays, you get all these famous people, and their kids play, play sports, and they play baseball. And they, too, come to Cooperstown. So a lot of times if you have an interest in spotting celebrities or seeing a professional athlete, uh, you'll catch them there at the Otisaga because they like to stay in nice places. <laughs> and then, Rick, didn't you uh, have, a, uh, have a great time on Leatherstocking Golf Course? A great time, Rob, is, 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 is not telling the full story. I had a phenomenal time at Leatherstocking Golf Course. In fact, you've become now very interested in the game of golf, which I'm so excited about. We have gotten a chance to play golf together at some really fun, nice courses around the country. I myself rank Leatherstocking Golf Course up there at the very top. It is so cool. It is such a unique course. So this course is located, again, at the southern tip of this massive lake, it's right alongside this resort and hotel, and it's very well, you know, nicely priced that it's not price gouging anybody. I've played courses where you've got to pay three, four, five hundred dollars sometimes to play. This course is a phenomenal course, and it's only, I know I've walked the course a bunch. I think it's right around a hundred dollars, so a fair rate for a fantastic course. The greens, the fairways, the tee boxes, everything about it. They get a tremendous amount of water. Not that it necessarily rains a lot, but things just naturally funnel to the southern end of this lake. So there's a lot of moisture out there, which is great for a golf course. It keeps everything really in pristine condition. And then it's so uniquely laid out. The golf holes themselves very rarely is one golf hole really running parallel to each other. There's a lot of different angles that they're coming in at, and there's a lot of topography. There's a lot of hills and mountains. I mean, you could be at the base of the course and be looking up, ah, geez, probably a couple hundred feet, yards maybe even, up into the hills because it's very mountainous, this little terrain. And then my favorite stretch is the 18th hole. So we all are familiar with TPC Sawgrass down in Florida, which has an island green. So an island green is where you have to hit the ball from the tee box out into the water, essentially, with just a small island of land where you have to 
be either really good or really lucky to put it on. This one is the opposite. The 18th hole at Leather Stocking Golf Course has an island tee box. So you take this long bridge, you have to walk way out or ride on your golf cart way out into the middle of this lake. It's really fascinating. And then you get off this bridge and now you're on a little sliver of land that is definitely man-made. It's sitting out there in the middle of this lake and you have to gauge in which direction and how far off the tee box you can drive the ball back onto the mainland knowing you're playing this long par five 18th hole to conclude your round. So if you've got a lot of guts, if you've got a lot of strength, you might take a different angle that may be 200 yards, 220 yards to carry. You might even be looking at an angle that's upwards of 250 or 300. I mean, however far you can drive the ball, you try to get that great angle. And of course, there's the layup shot. If you feel more comfortable just, you know, hitting a 120-yard drive back on onto the mainland, you can do it, which is great for uh, an inexperienced player, maybe somebody that just doesn't drive the ball as far. So really worth it. The whole 18 holes, you play the whole round, and then at the last one, you can really have some unique fun that isn't really available at many other courses. Wow, what a great way to sum it up. I had to start Googling images, and that 18th looks daunting. <laughs> People have I've seen a lot of golf balls lost out there. I myself have had to go fishing once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, this has been an awesome episode. Uh, really loved every bit of it from uh, Cooperstown Dreams Park, where we grew up playing baseball, to the Hall of Fame, uh, and your trip to Otisaga and uh, Leather, uh, you know, Leather Stockings Golf Course. Um, we highly recommend you guys get out there, check out Cooperstown, uh, you know, especially now because of this COVID-19, not sure how things are doing up there. Why don't you go spend some time at the Otisaga? I'm sure prices are low and uh, just enjoy, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the nature and uh, upstate New York in this beautiful summertime. Definitely. They've got so much up there, Rob. When things are on normal conditions, they've got farmer's markets, um, they've actually been known as the village of museums. They've got an art museum up there. I think there's a fly fishing museum. There's a farmer's museum up there. They even have an opera theater up there, which is pretty unique. So there's a lot for everybody. There's several breweries, as I mentioned earlier, uh, for people to check out. And like you said, highly recommend it. It's great all times of years. I prefer the summer months, July in particular, but the fall can be very colorful. And uh, if you're more of a, a snow person, you like the winters, uh, I hear they are absolutely beautiful up in Cooperstown. So you're right, Rob. Great episode. A little in-depth look at a special place to us that we highly recommend. I know we'll be going along these journeys through our podcast, talking about a few other great spots. But for all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. And we're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for episode 25.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.